and it's now time now for the exchange. Let's talk a little bit about food safety and promoting public health. The exchange on deep dive. My guests this evening are joining me in the studio and on the line. <laughs> I thought we heard somebody calling calling Chris there. Um, Chipo, good evening and thanks so much for joining us. Chipo Moyana is a food safety expert and uh, we're really hoping to hear a lot from you about uh, what's going on. Good evening. Very well, thanks. Uh, Great. <laughs> we're also joined by Chris Kamba on the line, and Chris is a uh, uh, public relations officer with the Consumer Council of Zimbabwe. Uh, Chris, good evening. Good evening, good evening. Uh, wonderful. I-, I can hear whoever you've got there. <laughs> good <laughs> nice. evening to him or her as well, <laughs> to the little one. Um, now, we want to talk about uh, what's been happening uh, that was brought to light after research was done by the University of Zimbabwe. Um, so they they indicate that they looked at packed ice, sold in liquor stores and supermarkets, and found that uh, most of it was contaminated with nitrates, consecase, uh, causing agents, and fecal bacteria. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> let, let me start off um, with uh, with uh, your views, um, Chris. Uh, your reaction to, to this news and to the findings uh, by the university, 99% of brands packed sell contaminated ice. Uh, thank you. Um, this is shocking, I must say. Uh, this is shocking because con- consumers just trust, you see. And um, perhaps without realizing it, uh, consumers have trusted ev- everyone involved in growing, processing, packaging and distributing and preparing food. Uh, so the trust is justified on the belief that uh, the people involved in making the food followed uh, the established food safety practices which are transparently available in the form of standards. But in this case, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's shocking, I must say. Uh, we are still shocked about this. Um, the, 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 one of the reasons why we are shocked is because you would maybe expect to find this from the informal markets, but it's actually something that has been found in the formal markets, right, in the supermarkets. And uh, this is a cause for concern, I might say. And I, I want to come to you, Chipo. Yeah. Uh, you know, your thoughts uh, <laughs> and, and feelings around this uh, and this discovery. Okay, um, so it was rather disturbing, and um, I think I felt that um, we need to gravitate more towards, um, you know, food safety issues. Um, the perspective or the view uh, mainly gravitates towards quality, but um, are we ensuring that the end product um, will not harm somebody, will not injure somebody, will not cause somebody um you know, to to have an adverse effect, you know. Um, so food safety really then becomes paramount and really should um, come out more. And, um, uh, you know, in following the set standards, you know, there's a food and food safety, um, food and food standards act. Um, there are laws on how to prepare or how to, you know, um, end up with a, uh, a safe product for the for the end consumer. So um, I feel that we should gravitate more towards food safety, not only in packet, packed ice, but um, 
in in the whole food um, distribution as per se, but in particular, yeah, with um, with the ice, it was rather, yeah, quite. Uh, Quite disturbing. <laughs> I was very yeah, shocked. Sure. Um, mm. Now, um, Chris, I want to come back to you um, in terms of, uh, you know, what Chipo talks about there being, uh, you know, a move towards a gravitation towards safety, not just quality and profit. Mm. As the Consumer Council of Zimbabwe, um, you know, how do you look at some of these issues before we get into the legal recourse that consumers uh, may uh, may have available uh, to, to take up uh, if their lives have been put at risk or perhaps if they consumed any of the contaminated ice? I, I totally agree uh, that uh, I think we should um, actually uh, put more effort towards the uh, food safety issue. Um, and I'm quite happy that, uh, well, yesterday as we were celebrating World Food Safety Day, these are some of the issues that were articulated uh, by the stock, uh, stakeholders uh, who, who, who attended the, 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 the workshop. So I think there is need then to cascade the information to each and every uh, consumer so that they are aware of these issues and that they are very critical towards their well-being. And then now taking it a little bit further, because I know listeners want to know, so maybe before I come back to you, Chipo, in the studio, um, as the Consumer Council of Zimbabwe, um, Chris, um, what recourse is there for consumers? Um, what role do you play um, when when uh, these sorts of discoveries and disclosures are made? Well, it's okay. Um, I think we, we receive quite a, a lot of complaints uh, with regards not just to this case, but um, we, we have a procedure that uh, we we follow. But um, I must also highlight uh, the that we now have uh, also the Consumer Protection Act on top of the laws that have been highlighted earlier. So in terms of the Act, now I must say that um, Section 10 of the Act speaks to the right to save value, good quality, and safety of goods and services. And that every consumer has a right to receive goods or services that are safe and free from defects and hazards. So I think it's, it's, it's covered there. The only maybe challenge that we have at the moment is that in terms of operationalizing the act, we are still maybe waiting for, for the regulations to come into play uh, to then speak to specifics in terms of the fines or in terms of the punitive measures that, has, um, that are then going to be provided there. But uh, be that may, I think um, when we speak to the issues of um, other laws, such as the Food and Food Standards Act, with the Public Health Act, maybe to a certain extent the Environmental Health Act, I think there is also a gap in terms of what I believe is that there is need to ensure that they all, all they, they, they compulsory for all service providers to ensure that they have standards. So if you look even at the theme for this, Yes, uh, World Food Safety Day, it is food standard saves lives. So I believe that if all these products were then, uh, if we're going to say that each and every product is supposed to be compulsory in terms of standard, then I, I don't think we would have these problems. 
so that, 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 that's what I think. And that now getting into the facts and, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, what's been said, you know, there seems to be a myth that when you freeze water, mm-hmm. you also freeze all the impurities and any bacteria. Uh, how does this work? So I think this is also going to be very important <laughs> for us to understand what happens. So if I take dirty water, for example, or untreated water, if I freeze it, am I doing anything there? Um the bacteria will still survive. So there's certain strains of bacteria that will survive. Your E. coli, your listeria, your salmonella will still survive. Um, so, yeah, freezing um, doesn't purify or doesn't kill the bacteria. Um, you will find um, a classic example is perhaps you would say the meat uh, is what caused uh, the intoxication or whatever, but um, it could have been ice that was used to chill the meat that actually had it was carrying the bacteria or harboring the bacteria and um yeah so it's the ice just has to be produced um under sanitary uh conditions and so that the end product is a safe product um that you can then either put in your drinks or use to chill your fish or use to chill your meat your chicken or whatever it is yeah so at the end of the day the myth yeah, um, when you freeze things, uh, the bacteria just doesn't die. There are certain strains of bacteria that will survive. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there you have it. So freezing water does not do anything. And the ice, as uh, Chipo says, has to be uh, made in the right conditions. So when it comes to standards or what is required from an ice maker, um, are you able to just you know give us a little bit of an overview of what that is? Uh, and another shocking statistic being that um, over 99% of all the ice sold in the Harare metropolitan province, uh, most of the liquor stores you're going to at the weekend is contaminated okay so the mother governing um standard would be the food and foods uh, standards act um and then that could be read uh with um together with the um, um si5 of um 20 2015 um on inspection and certification um of your premises and then also there's a labeling um si as well 265 of 2002 and then there's 236 of 2019 um that stipulates uh the labeling of the packaging of the ice um and obviously when we then look at um inspection and certification so we'll have um the governing bodies come through um council inspecting the premises um and then over and above that now you can then get the standard for ice um and then um SAZ comes in and um you get the product mark uh, certification for ice and uh, pretty much um we're then saying at least this is safe food um, approved or that has the product mark certification and um, we pick it up from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so if you're just joining us, we are unpacking issues of public safety, food safety. Uh, ag- this is coming against the background of a very worrisome uh, report that shows that most of the ice that is sold in the Harare metropolitan province is contaminated. Even uh, further shocking, uh, you know, or, or if it couldn't get any worse, that there's only one company that is adhering to Standard Association of Zimbabwe certification guidelines. The rest, uh, I suppose, are just operating uh, under the radar. Chris, that's why I want you to come in. What sort of penalty 
uh, can be, uh, will be faced or uh, consequence will be associated uh, with um, a company that uh, is operating without the standard uh, approval of the SARS, without the Minister of Health and Child Care. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about, you know, 99% of the ice makers and producers in Harare. I think uh, um, what has to be noted is that, um, like I said, I'm not quite sure, though, but um, I'm certain that some certification now is not compulsory. That's the challenge that we have. Um, so since it's not compulsory, one may decide just not to get such uh, certification. But uh, I think there are also procedures that we have to take and um, that are within maybe the council or the, the uh, Ministry of Health. And uh, those, actually, they are important in the sense that they are the ones that then govern um, maybe the registration of um, these organizations that deal with this, um, with water and the stuff. But still, I, as, as, as consumers, we feel that there are gaps maybe in terms of enforcement and also in terms of the laws. We might have the laws, but I don't believe that they are comprehensive enough, especially in terms of um, uh, standards, because they should compel all service service providers to have standards. If that is not the case, I think they will just have a loophole and then do whatever it is, whatever uh, pleases them. And that is is, uh, very, very challenging for consumers. Chipo, do you want to come in and, and weigh yeah, in sure. there as well? Um, yes. So, yes, um, to have the product mark certification is not compulsory. So that's an added advantage. But like Chris was saying, then there are other things that you are compelled to do. So you are compelled to have the product registered. Um, You are compelled to then have um, City Council visit your premises and certify you, like I just said, that there's um, an inspection protocol and then there's a labeling protocol. Those are are mandatory. Yeah, so over and above that, then you can then have um, the SAZ uh, product mark certification, which then just makes it um, so much better and also then ensures that at the end of the day you do have um, a safe product that you can pass on to the consumers. Yeah. So issues of, you know, that's a big, big, big gap there if it's not compulsory. Uh, because in the way that it is being reported, it almost makes it seem as if that certification is compulsory. Um, on, the, on, on the ice front, it, um, is. it isn't compulsory. It is not compulsory. compulsory. Water, yes. Water is compulsory. Uh-huh. Um, so you get um, a certif- or you get uh, the product mark certification as a bonus, as an added, um, it's a plus. But it then ensures that the product at the end of the day is safe. So in terms of um, what Chris was saying, that there is other legislation that then governs, and that is also um, missing in the industry. There is other legislation um, that governs ice producers, that governs food producers as a whole, um, that we should be adhering to. Um, Chris, now looking at uh, you know how to rectify or perhaps register a, a product, um, 
how how what procedure or does does the consumer council of zimbabwe uh extend and go into uh you know into this realm as well um or is your role uh a reactive one or uh, one of um, of protection of victims when they come forward and report to the council yeah no consumer council is not involved in the registration of suppliers ours yes we then um uh, responsible when they the, when the consumer faces a challenge on the marketplace, they then come to us. But we also do monitoring um, of the marketplace, and then where uh, we see there's a loophole, where we see there's a, uh, there's a loophole, maybe in terms of certain products, we then um, approach the authorities. And uh, the procedure then that one follows, Chris, uh, I am somebody who's reading this report. I go to my doctor and he says, indeed, there is something wrong with you. Uh, maybe I develop cholera or maybe uh, even worse, a longer term uh, illness. Um, uh, how do I go about that? Um, uh, maybe, Chipo, l- l- let me pose that one to you. Maybe the Consumer Council <laughs> of Zimbabwe. <laughs> Chris, Chris, go yeah. ahead. Go yeah. ahead. It's okay. Thank you so much. So, um, when one then faces such a challenge, yes, um, they can approach us. Um, but first, I know they have got the right maybe to go to the um, uh, service provider to seek recourse and um, they can then escalate the issue to us if uh, their demands are not met. Uh, Consumer Council of Zimbabwe is now going to be a conciliation and arbitration uh, body as provided in the Consumer Protection Act, Section 55. So what it means is that um, we are now, um, we have now been given uh, the powers to deal with such matters. And um, so when one comes, we, we will try first of all to conciliate the consumer protection officer will try to mediate and conciliate. Um, if then there is uh, no agreement uh, between the parties that are involved, then uh, the issue will escalate to arbitration. And um, at the arbitration level, um, what it uh, means is that um, uh, the arbitration act will come into play, but still it will be under the auspices of the uh, of the CCZ. And uh, once a determination has been met or an award has been given, um, it means that it is legal and it is binding. Now, this process, it is, um, it is very easy. It's simple. It's inexpensive as well for the consumers. Unlike going to, uh, to the courts where the case might take years. Um, so because now when you're talking of conciliation and arbitration, you have a specific amount of time that you're supposed then to ensure that uh, uh, you have done all the cases that you're supposed to do. So I'm hoping that our listeners are taking that down in terms of what they can do to seek recourse. Um, Now, back to the food safety aspects. Um, It is another trend, and I was also following another issue um, that involves... um, a manufacturer who makes juice and and other products and someone uh, 
uh, bought and consumed contaminated apple juice uh, and as a result developed some medical issues. Now, looking at that um, from a liability perspective or, or, or maybe let's look at it from a food safety perspective first. What are some of the major considerations that are made there? Uh, and I'll, I'm trying to also just, you know, hear you um, and, and what happens in terms of the liability or what steps are then taken? Um, you know, do you simply just test and say, okay, we found ABCD in, in this food and it is, you know, it is dangerous for people? Well, um, product traceability. Um, so we trace back um, the product, uh, back to the production shift or, yeah, back to the production shift, when it was made, how it was made. Um, we look back at um, the processing conditions. And um, once we've established that, um, then I, I guess we further investigate and um, see where the problem could have come. But um, from a food safety perspective, all the products that we then consume should have at least a batch number, production date, best before date, you know, just the basics on labeling and goes back to the mandate of the ministry when they're registering products because all that is is mandatory. So it's mandatory to have a best before date. It's mandatory to declare um, the uh, components in, um, in your food product. Um, it's uh, mandatory to you know, to have batch codes um, so that we are able to trace back um, that food product or that um, particular um, uh, food item. Yeah. Very interesting. Because, you know, one, one school of thought then, you know, the lawyer and me is thinking <laughs> liability. Who okay. is who's who's liable? liable. Mm. And particularly when I develop a long-term illness. So we then go back to the process of the consumer council. So... Um, we've gone and we've done our tests um, we found out uh, this, is, this was our procedure. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we seek counsel, like um, the consumer counsel, Chris said, um, then acts in between the consumer and the producer. So we then go back to, to that process that Chris highlighted, yeah. Uh, Chris, I want to be a little bit controversial and come back to you. What duties yeah. then do I have as a consumer? And don't go and you know, I've heard another school of thought sort of saying, but you know, when you buy a product, it's up to you to check uh, whether it is in good, you know, in a good, you know, good, good, you know, good, um, <laughs> whether it's in a good state, and you must check all that, and you know, uh, even going as far as you know, maybe even giving it a little smell and seeing, you know, uh, whether everything is in order. What do you say to that? Well, um, I mean, prior to the enactment of the Consumer Protection Act, it was uh, the, 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 the customer was supposed to be where. So the, uh, right now it has changed. The supplier, the manufacturer, the, they, are, they are supposed to ensure that the customer or the consumer is aware, be it um, in terms of labeling, in terms of... Um, but in, in fact, it is illegal to put anything that is hazardous on the shelves. It is illegal according to Section 10 of the Consumer Protection Act. And um, now when we talk, there are requirements, yes, that have been highlighted. Like, for example, um, there's the, the supposed to be uh, labeling of these products. And um, if a supplier, if a product is not clearly labeled, that's also an offense. So I think it goes further even to issues of, um, I can say, issues of contracts. You see, the onus is on the supplier 
to ensure that the consumer has clearly understood the terms and the conditions. Otherwise, they might have to go further in terms of um, translating whatever their documents in vernacular or in the language that the consumer understands. So the onus is on the supplier to ensure that uh, the consumer has really understood so you shift uh, blame back there. Le- <laughs> uh, you have a comment on that before we move on to due diligence? Um, yeah, so the, the culture, like I said, mm. the culture should just gravitate towards food safety um, to save both the supplier or the manufacturer and the consumer. So it is a big jump. And um, like Chris has mentioned, there's a bit of a gap, but... I know we can bridge the gap. Um, There are lots of uh, food technologists around. The USAID is actually churning out um, food technologists as well and several other universities in the country. So we can bridge that gap. We can bridge that gap and we can come up with um, safe food. And um, like we said that um, this year um, on World Food Safety Day, we were saying um, food standards save lives. Yes, because we can actually see um, that it does save lives and it does ensure that at the end of the day, we are producing a safe product for the consumer. And food safety standards in Zimbabwe, generally, where are we at? Maybe let's look at food safety standards in Harare. Uh, She was making her face. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you think we are in terms of food safety? I mean, if it was on a scale of one to ten, and you know what can Ooh. we do, uh, or, or perhaps we, you know, you know, just an idea of. We you know. just need more enlightenment. Um, food safety does save lives. It um, it takes off that burden of um, the consumer worrying. What am I consuming? It takes off the burden of the manufacturer say, uh, saying, "What am I producing?" Um, when you've got a protocol, when you've got a, a line of thought, or when you've got a standard. You know how to follow it. You know the do's and don'ts um, to ensure that the end product is safe for the consumer. Yeah. A food safety and public health is what we're talking about this evening on the exchange. This uh, is quite a, 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 well, it's a hot topic, actually, and very concerning um, because I know that uh, many, many people are, are, are consuming a lot of ice. Um, so Chris Kamba and Chipo Moyana helping us out to understand some of the issues at play here. Um, let's talk a little bit now about due diligence and, and how that factors in here. Um, Chris, uh, how does due diligence, you know, come into play when we're talking about consumer rights and uh, uh, and protection? Well, um, I might say that uh, when you talk of consumer rights, um, they are uh, taken from um, uh, UN guidelines on consumer protection. And yes, indeed, uh, they are rights, but they are also responsibilities. So the consumer has responsibilities on the other side. So in light of that, it means that... Uh, the consumer, one of the responsibilities that they are uh, that they are supposed to have, that they have rather, is critical awareness. Now, when you talk of critical awareness, is that uh, when a consumer gets into a shop, um, they are also supposed to take a look at the product, read the labeling. Uh, they are supposed to read all the information pertaining to that product. Now, that is the responsibility of the consumer. And also, another uh, responsibility is action. 
you see, we have the tend- we, uh, most of our consumers, the challenge that we are having is that uh, uh, they are very passive and uh, they will just let things go. And uh, that is very, very wrong. We are saying that consumers are supposed, if they have an issue, they are supposed to report, they are supposed to come to us so that uh, they can get redress. It is very, very important. You want to come in also on, on due well, diligence from aspects? Due diligence from, uh, well, from the manufacturer's point of view, um, well, together with the research institutions, the standards uh, bodies and the governing bodies in Zimbabwe, I guess um, it's up to the whole pack of us, you know, to really ensure that at the end of the day, we do produce a safe product that, uh, that we can pass on to the consumers. Yeah, that's my take. Well, we are also taking some questions from our listeners. Uh, this one uh, comes in and says, thanks, Rumbi, and your guests for a great discussion. And they ask, apart from ice cubes, beverages have a huge water component. Where are we on that? Has enough testing been done there? Where are we on the food safety scale, Chipo? Because, I mean, now I'm so worried. Oh, you know, or do I have to test things myself? But is this a consideration also being made? You know, the food testing oh, and the, how broad is the spectrum? Like I said um, the research institutions the universities, the standards association, I think they are, they are on top of it um, yes, they are on top of it um, our major players in the beverage industry um, they do have uh, stringent measures for their water and things like that, so from a food safety point of view um, we, we, we will get there, we're getting there no need to be alarmed but yeah <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. Absolutely. Chipo reassures us and says we will get there. Indeed. Uh, Eunice comes in and says, good evening. The issue of selling contaminated ice is quite worrisome. And I think it's not only in the ice products where we could have a problem, but a whole lot of other products such as peanut butter, certain drinks, and even companies. Police and relevant authorities must clamp down on those people who won't and don't adhere to standards and compromise public health. Uh, ICE, I think due diligence may not have been done in ascertaining the safety of the water as well as the handling of the ice uh, before it got to the consumers. I have seen people even at household level, which can cause contamination. This one is coming from Eunice. Um, Chris, your comments on uh, Eunice's uh, contribution? Yeah, yeah. I think um, enforcement, yeah, is good. There is need to continue uh, on that uh, trajectory. But I, I think um, we are we are lagging behind on the awareness uh, front. I think there is also need to put more effort in educating the consumer so that they won't buy such products. So that they, when they go on the marketplace, they are empowered to know what is uh, wrong and what is not. So I think we there is need to also concentrate on awareness. And whose duty? Or on who uh, on whose shoulders does the burden to do consumer education, consumer conscientization fall on? Diana Fanangachitajin. Obviously, we are, we are one of the organizations that is uh, mandated with uh, consumer or consumer education and awareness. And I believe yes, we are doing our part, but we believe that um, more could be done uh, to ensure that uh, we reach out to 
all the four corners of the country. Quite a lot uh, to get through there. And in your terms, uh, food safety, who's responsible for, for educating manufacturers? Um, and a lot of the, I'm not saying it's the informal sector or, or the entrepreneurs who are maybe cutting corners, but there's a whole market of production and people making all sorts of things in their backyards combined. It's just flooded the market. So the food safety training, Whose burden is that? Governing bodies should also then come in, like the Consumer Council has um, reiterated. Um, the governing bodies should stand firm and um, also our standards bodies should also stand firm or um, conscientize people. I know they do have um, lots of uh, programs uh, for training and even people who are knowledgeable in food safety should come out, um, should come out and um, yeah, let's, let's work at it together. Um, it's going to be a joint effort because, um, like I think one of your listeners has said, um, that yeah, it could uh, we've just unearthed it in an uh, ice, but there are a whole lot of other products as well. So there is quite a, a gap, and that gap needs to really be bridged. Yeah. So the governing bodies, we all need to really work together at it. The producers, the governing bodies. Um, Tertiary institutions um, churning out lots of food science um, uh, uh, students and um, degreed personnel um, who can then actually come in um, and bridge this gap for us. Yeah. Uh, now, Chris, uh, coming in once more, another question for you. This one says, um, what is the Consumer Council of Zimbabwe doing uh, to deal with people who sell lotions and creams that are harmful to people and other supermarkets that sell food which has passed its due date? This is worrisome if you don't double check. This one's coming from uh, Raj Tate uh, from Borodale. Um So, Chris, come in there in terms of what you're doing uh, as the council uh, to... Uh, avert uh, or maybe even you know stop some of uh, these uh, retailers uh, who are selling harmful products okay i think um, we have um, recently we have been uh, partnering actually with uh, the therapy going into the marketplace and uh, uh, some of the suppliers have been say, paying fines and so forth but um, i think on 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 top of that uh, at times we cannot be everywhere and it is also the duty like i said Consumers have the responsibility to report such cases where they have seen uh, goods that have expired or that are danger to them. Uh, so they should always um, they should uh, come to us. They should report. So report, report, report. Be active. The due diligence on all parties concerned. Sure. And you also take initiative uh, because uh, some of these issues cannot just be passed off uh, to one party. It has to be a whole collective. Sure. Now, as we close off, uh, what recommendations do you have, Tipo, um, for consumers, ice brand producers, uh, and lovers of ice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we are, we're in it together. We're working to get there. Um, There's already a whole lot um, that's happening behind the scenes. So, yes, um, reputable brands will come through and um, will will really show that um, 
the process the process to make the ice has um, has undergone scrutiny and it meets um, a standard that uh, is palatable or is good enough for the con- for the consumer. Like I said, um, we are working together with uh, research institutions, with the standards bodies and the governing bodies um, to ensure that um, we do not put the industry into disrepute and to bring back um, confidence in our ice brands. So, yeah. From 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 our perspective, yes, we're working we're working on it, and um, um, everybody in the ice industry has taken um, this report um, seriously. And um, I can tell you and rest assure you that we are working towards. Um, ensuring that safe ice is on the market. And Chris, uh, your recommendations in closing for consumers uh, as they go about uh, their purchases and when it comes to, you know, the buying of ice in particular, I suppose, because that is what we've been talking about. What are some of the recommendations you can make to consumers in closing? I think um, all I can say is that consumers must be alert. Uh, They must check all the packaging uh, labeling. Uh, they must be very, very alert, critical awareness. And uh, uh, I, I also have to say that uh, food standards uh, form the bedrock of uh, trust for all of us. Thank you. Indeed, they do just two more messages that have come in my dying minutes, Chaucha. Mm. Uh, Anzi, this is a challenge for you. Chris, Anzi, Consumer Council, Gaiti, digital marketing to educate consumers. And then Liaya comes in and says, Ah, kunga kumbare imwe mvura ya vanu tengesa vanu tenga zhigubu vongo dira mvura voisa mfrid kumba kwa. Wow. Uh, I think on that uh, worrisome note <laughs> we'll end the program. Allow me to thank my guests who have been more than adequate and uh, so, 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 so informative. So I want to thank Chipo uh, for coming in and for sharing with us uh, all of uh, your insights. Uh, Chipo Moyana is a food safety expert uh, at Snowmaster Ice Food. And I'm also joined, uh, was also joined, I beg your pardon, by Mr. Chris Kamba, who is a public relations officer with the Consumer Council of Zimbabwe. Chipo, a million thanks. Uh, and I uh, hope you. to speak to you, uh, you know, very soon to hear how far we've gone with uh, all of this and food safety. Thank you. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much. Also looking forward to speaking uh, with you in the very near future to see any uh, headway that has been made in dealing with this public health issue and other consumer issues. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night.